In what is arguably the best recent example of just standing back, watching, and then muttering, let them fight. Two conservative media brands have become engaged in a now public battle that appears to be getting worse all over the paltry sum of $50 million. Very paltry. An insult, honestly. You, yeah. you come and offer me $50 million like I'm some sort of bum? Like I'm some sort of hobo just jumping between the tracks on the railroad from town to town with a, a sack and a stick over my shoulder? How dare you, sir? But uh, yeah, it does make those involved look a bit insane, but it also shines an even bigger light on the massive amount of funding that fuels the conservative media machine. Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro's The Daily Wire are at odds with one another after Crowder was offered a contract to bring his show to Shapiro's media apparatus for, we are not kidding, a reported $50 million. A deal that Crowder says is no better than a, quote, slave contract, his words. Uh Actually, Ricky, just typical liberal media lies. That $50 million was spread out over four years. So yeah. It was actually $12.5 million a year, which is, I mean, obviously, when you put it like that, yeah. Come on, Ben, pay up. Yeah, it's only that You're being much. a little bit of a... Well, I've, I'm not going to say it to your face, but I'll say it on many of my previous shows. And also, if anyone that is under the Daily Wire umbrella makes a comment about it, we're going to have them delete the tweets. Because that's what happened. Jordan Peterson uh, wrote a tweet that, like, supports All Crowder. my support for Stephen Crowder, whatever it is he's complaining about, I'm sure uh, oh, has nothing to do with the Hold on, the phone's thing. ringing. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh. I'm in a real dilly of a pickle here. So anyway, again, more than happy to just watch these two conservative media titans duke it out, mm -hmm. let them fight. And many of the claims that Crowder makes against the Daily Wire's contract are simply outrageous considering the amount of money they were willing to lay down. Mm -hmm. With Crowder complaining that big conservative media is in bed with big tech because Daily Wire had stipulations within the deal that would reduce his pavements if he were banned from the platforms where his show airs. We're going to pay you less if you stop making us as much money. Yeah. This is an outrage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's probably not lost on anyone that getting kicked off of platforms, thus reducing his audience, would also reduce his value to a parent company. But um, I don't know. For, for Steven Crowder, um, getting banned is all part of the game. Yeah, to, to, ask, to ask Steven Crowder not to get himself banned uh, regularly for saying outrageously offensive, hateful things, um, mm -hmm. well, that's censorship. You're basically, yeah. uh, you're basically. What do you mean I can't get fifty million dollars to say whatever I want? Yeah, you're. you're this is, it goes against my rights. You're canceling Stephen Crowder essentially. I mean, this whole thing is, uh, you know, I, I don't like him or his show, but this is he's using this as great marketing. Uh, he was at first. Now the watching watching the the dum dums online sort of like bounce between like oh well, uh, well actually it is entertaining it's very yeah. funny. But this all seems to have began la uh, late last year when Steven Crowder uh, announced that he was no longer part of The Blaze, a conservative media company that was founded by Glenn Beck, which absorbed Crowder's show as part of a merger with another outlet, Conservative Review, and their streaming service, CRTV. Uh, upon his departure from The Blaze and his announcement of free agency, Crowder referenced a few offers that were made to him behind the scenes. Lucrative, downright shocking offers. But if any company is going to lay down tens of millions of dollars on a production, they're going to want to see a return on that investment. That is how contracts typically work. You'd expect... Uh, the In every entertainment industry, you music, would, film, you TV... You would assume the biggest proponents of capitalism would understand 
the most basic uh, aspects of capitalism, which is that I'm not going to invest my capital into something that is not going to bring a return on my investment. Yeah. Now, this is especially damning because of how much money they've already spent on certified gold Gina Carano. Woke. Too woke. <laughs> yeah, apparently too woke for their audience, and uh, she doesn't come cheap. Uh, not that that matters, because uh, as of last year, it was reported that the Daily Wire was pulling in over $100 million per year in revenue. Wow. Now, in exchange for his show and whatever other content he and his team would produce, the Daily Wire would monetize it across all platforms. They would act as an agency, and they would sell advertisements against his content. In order to do that, he would have to adhere to the rules and guidelines for every platform where his shows exist, which is where the big con is in bed with big tech claim comes from. Mm -hmm. What takes all this to the next level of absurdity, though, is the price tag, because it is clear that Daily Wire saw the value in Crowder's show well above $50 million for the term of the contract. Another thing, you're supposed to be the ones that love capitalism. Negotiations are crucial to this. Oh. Uh, there apparently weren't negotiations, but uh, uh, the Daily Wire was like, uh, you know, we would have approved your, yeah. everything. Here's your he first just... offer. He's like, no. Instead of, uh, yeah, like, come on. How am I better at capitalism than Steven Crowder? But this that's, is ridiculous. That's what's crazy, too, is that, like, this offer is, you would assume, predicated on the idea that they would make more than that back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if they, unless they were going to make more than that $50 million back during that frame of time, um, it would be pointless to take the risk on him in the first yeah. place. And and this is a show and a network that is constantly lashing out at what they perceive as the media elites. Steven Crowder is literally a media elite, and by this estimate is more valuable than most national primetime news anchors, regardless of political affiliation. He is, he's making money. And worth a lot more than he's currently making, or maybe he's making enough to actually turned down 50 million dollars well you know he, he's most of that goes towards uh keeping him alive in the just unending uh cavalcade of weird surgeries that he finds himself in hmm. the man is always in the hospital like hooked up to some machine where he's like bloated and like has to well stand he's just up. following in the footsteps of his hero jair bolsonaro he, yeah he is a young bolsonaro mm -hmm. i'd like to see how he would do against an emu Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But look, there's it is lucrative out there. I mean, yeah. Alex Jones would be a very, very rich man if he had never mentioned Sandy Hook. I mean, that was all made public because of multiple justified lawsuits. So anyways, it's also important to point out that the sheer amount of money being thrown around here, it has also come from the people that you would most likely expect. In this case, fossil fuel and climate change denying billionaires. In the case of Daily Wire, that would be Ferris Wilkes and his brother Daniel. Literal fucking oil and fracking tycoons who helped launch the media empire alongside Shapiro, and also helped launch PragerU, as well as providing $15 million to help elect Ted Cruz through a super PAC, among many other things. Yeah, they, they, uh, there is a class of uh, usually uh, oil or mining, or uh, the class of billionaire in this country that... Uh, they would never in their life, like, give money to an actual, like, person in need. But they constantly give absurd amounts of money. Obscene. Obscene amounts of money to fund little, like, media empires that are, like, as, essentially they're lost leaders. They are blowing money on this shit, but 
they're uh, planting the seed of uh, conservatism in young minds that are increasingly rejecting conservatism. So this is investing in the future. Yes. A future where um, the pre future generations of uh, fracking billionaires can also, uh, of course. you know, frack freely without government interference. In a world that is still habitable. Yeah. Somehow. Anyways, Crowder, uh, yeah, back to the current drama. Crowder got an obscene offer from Daily Wire, turned it down, and then went public with the contract this week in order to, what I assume is just seem like a, a martyr for turning it I down. I don't understand the Rally reasoning. the troops. Because, like, you know, deals, deals happen behind the scenes. They fall apart behind the scenes all the time. It is very weird that he... Decided it, to go public with this. Like I don't understand his motivation. I think at it's all. just marketing. I think it's 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 uh, him trying to shine a bad light on Daily Wire and take some of that apparently very large audience for himself. I mean, look, it is nice being your own boss. If we need to take a day off, I just call you and I'm like, hey, can I have the day off? Uh, I, I, you know, I have something to do today. Or yeah, sure. hey, can we take some time off for Christmas? But if someone offered me uh, twelve and a half million dollars a year to you know follow a uh, one single page sheet of like rules, they yeah, have I would me, like, quickly change my mind. Like, yeah, whatever, I'll do that. Fuck, <laughs> who cares? What do you mean? Okay, four years? Yeah, I can tough it out. Especially if I'm just doing Steven Crowder's show, where it's like me and a bunch of like my close friends who all happen to be like thirty years older than me, uh, sitting around in a room just like reacting to like. News headlines. I mean, we kind of do that. We do, but, but not as much. I money actually, then. I actually read the articles. I don't <laughs> think they really do. Yeah, and uh, nowhere near the uh, alleged twelve point five million dollars a year. No. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of marketing on his part. You know, he's breaking the billion. golden rule. These guys aren't supposed to like go at each other. That's what's the. That's the fun part. This of never it. happens. Yeah, um, but this is also while he's claiming that they're uh, trying to make him work too hard and also restrict his freedom of speech, which I think falls a bit more flat, especially with a public reaction to uh, the amount of work that was listed in the contract. You know, actually, I, I just realized what the, you know, he's saying it's about the money, but one of those redactions in the papers he showed is actually like, please stop dressing like a woman randomly for no fucking reason. Mm -hmm. Like, we, you gotta, look, we'll give you all the money you want, but like, you, you can't just keep dressing like a woman I understand sure it's like were... your weird little fetish. Yeah, but you, you, we got to stop that. That, that shit. was the where he was. He drew the line. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is. My, they are censoring me. I, if I want to dress up like a woman, uh, I look good. I feel good. Yeah, it's how I feel inside. Mm -hmm. uh, well, here's more on all of this from Rolling Stone. Crowder particularly took issue with provisions in the offer that would penalize his compensation if the show faced advertiser boycotts or a loss of revenue that the company could not replace within a period of 90 days. Quote, if this show had to be advertiser friendly on YouTube, well, those guidelines pretty much read, don't say anything offensive ever, said Crowder, who has been demonetized on YouTube. Co-founder and co-CEO Jeremy Boring <laughs> confirmed in a 52-minute video that they had issued the offer, a non-binding term sheet, with the hope of entering negotiation with Crowder. This was our first draft, yeah, sir, they please. Had, so there was no negotiation at all. Also, he just, like, in this narrative, he just talk it, they took it and was like, nope. And then three months later was like, by the way, these dumbasses offered what me $50 million. Dollars. idiot. Uh, Boring indicated that the offer was so large that it potentially put all of our investments at risk and displayed an image of the initial contract offer showing a proposed $50 million over a four-year period with the possibility of an additional $25 million upon renewal. The contract reads like a dream. 
four weeks of paid vacation, full editorial control over content produced, a staff to help promote and adapt content, and the right to retain ownership of any content Crowder produced prior to joining the Daily Wire. Responding to Crowder's claims that the company was doing the bidding of big tech by penalizing potential loss of advertising revenue, Boring explained that a contract represents a joint venture between the parties, meaning that both parties lose a little when revenue is affected. I think he's just like, I'm going to define a contract for you, sir. Yeah, I didn't watch his whole video. It's too long. Well, his read. last name's Boring. I, I uh, just immediately. This guy's story is pretty interesting, too. He was a somewhat moderately successful like Hollywood producer. Mm -hmm. Um but, and, and not making like political content and then hitched his wagon to Daily Wire where I'm sure he makes just like exponentially more money. But he knows business. He's worked in the entertainment industry for a long time as a producer. He understands this stuff. So the parts of his video, his video response that I watched are just him like trying to like just explain very patiently business. explain like how business works. Well, he also knows the audience. Are made. <laughs> yeah, the audience is just like, how dare you offer this guy? It, I almost feel for the guy. I don't. I absolutely don't and never will. But I, I I felt for him in that. I'm like, he is explaining how contracts work to uh, baby brains. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, quote, Stephen's philosophy seems to be, I deserve to be paid millions and millions and millions of dollars whether my show drives the revenue or not. That's not a business relationship. He's looking for a benefactor, <laughs> Boring told viewers. Hell yeah, Boring. Uh, he also revealed that in a phone call with Crowder following the publication of his video on Thursday, the host indicated he believed he was worth closer to $30 million a year. Quote, you can't just say we're going to pay you $50 million even if the show doesn't bring in any money, Boring countered, adding that $50 million minus 25% is not punishment by the standards of any human being. I love that this guy's kind of getting a taste of his own medicine. Just like at least the reactionary part of it. Just like, uh, guys, come on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, Daily Wire is interesting, but like Shapiro, I mean, Shapiro is like very reactionary, but I think by the standards, like compared to like Steven Crowder is like, I would say more reactionary, more racist, more just mm -hmm. like lowest common denominator sort of content, whereas, like, Ben Shapiro at least has the sheen of, like, intellectualism. And he, he just is, has that annoying voice. And he and is, like, objectively, like, a a smart guy. Like, he went to law school when he was, like, 19 or some shit. He's, like, one of the, some some boy prodigy who decided to use his power. Just like Jacob Wall. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, their whole media apparatus is doing a lot. It's a big business. They're doing children's content. They're obviously doing uh, big budget movies, uh, like the ones we reported on earlier. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a lot going on there, and this seems to be just another net that they're casting for a audience that they haven't been able to fully bring in yet. Yeah. Um, and it's not working. Uh, anyways, in a bit of an escalation, Boring made things even more personal, saying, Stephen, the whole time I've known him, has worked for someone else, has been paid by someone else, adding, he's not exactly a self-made man. Ooh. Straight for the jugular. I mean, it's, and this is true. He's like, the history of Steven Crowder is another one where it's like clearly, just on, on the basis of him being young and conservative and able to like speak without mumbling. Mm -hmm. Big leg up. You get like, I mean, it's, it's the easiest grift in the world if you, if you can do all those things. And uh, like he went from just being like this kind of like 
shitty like Fox News appearance person to like having his own media empire. He was fired He's, from Fox, I believe. Yeah. Over some kind of like similar stuff. Like they for, won't let me say what I want to say. For like almost a decade, his most notable like most notable thing about him was that he went to a like union strike to uh, harass auto workers or mm. steel workers or something and got like punched in the face mm -hmm. by an old man. Yeah. It's like that guy who tried to claim that the moon landing wasn't real straight to Buzz Aldrin's <laughs> face. Shut up, boom. I'll show you something that's real. Uh, I'll send you bang zoom to the moon. So yeah, I mean like, look, we sure hope that this conflict between, you know, these people that have so much in common other than this, that yeah. these people that should be on the same side fighting for the same greater good, I, I hope that this conflict doesn't get even worse because oh, that, would that would be, be so, oh, ah, I would I would personally hate that so much. It would be so uh, annoying to me. It would be so horrible if they were just to keep airing out each other's dirty laundry for everyone to see. Yes, that would be that would be real. Um, bad. And and uh, as a byproduct, revealing what a giant fucking grift their <laughs> entire business is built on. It would be a a crying shame if that were to happen. But in all seriousness, Crowder will be better than okay. You don't just turn down $50 million without already making a boatload of money, and now he can use this contract as a rallying cry, which he has been doing, and which Shapiro and the rest of the Daily Wire seem aware of, considering they basically said their contract was simply a first draft, that Crowder could have made changes to it, and that at least Shapiro wants the bickering to stop. Because he is the face of the company, too. He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, he, those eyebrows are in charge. But yeah, up until this point, there really seemed to be some like genuine animosity between two of the biggest online conservative media outlets. I mean, even Candace Owens chimed in and called this spat a bitch move from Crowder. So uh, you know what? Let them fight. Let them. Yeah. Let them fight. But honestly, this has got to sting a little more for one man in particular, a man who had it all and is now forced to stand on the sidelines after his media empire failed, his rigged election claims fell flat, and people finally realized there was something seriously off about him. And we are, of course, talking about, no, not Donald Trump, We're talking about MyPillow and Frank Speech founder Mike Lindell, who would probably be happy to receive a fraction of Crowder's contract after even his biggest fans gave up on him. Pillow man Mike Lindell is giving Elon Musk a run for his money as he is claimed to have lost around $100 million after hitching his wagon to Donald Trump and putting everything he has into licking the former president's boots clean. To be clear, though, that's like still like one-tenth or, or one-tenth of one-tenth of what Elon Musk uh, is supposedly... What is uh, that beeping? my phone. Don't, okay. don't acknowledge it on the camera. <laughs> oh. It ruins the footage. Despite these numerous self-imposed blunders, Mike Lindell insists that this massive financial loss is completely unfair because I have done nothing wrong. Buddy, all you had to do was just keep selling the conservative pillow. Yeah, easy. Everything else has been an unforced error, though not on the level of maybe Kanye West or Elon Musk, but still pretty high up there. But hold on. Hold on. He's not done yet, let him cook, because despite his very bad string of uh, luck, he is still aiming for the stars, baby, and is on a very short list of candidates who are up for election to head up the Republican National Committee, or RNC. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Fingers Finally, crossed! Yes! Nick Lutz yes! is gonna get that invite. Yes, 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 yes! Mike, Mike Lindell, Lindell, head of the RNC. Hello, everybody. Sounds great. They can't ban me if I'm in charge. The inmates are now running the asylum. Hoorah! <laughs> I, look, again, I will stand back and just let this happen. I think it's great. I think they should totally do it. They mm -hmm. should, yes. Yes! 
Uh, here's CBS Minnesota with the update on this story. My Pillow founder Mike Lindell is one of three candidates running for the most powerful position in the Republican Party, the chair of the Republican National Committee. The election is next week. And this comes as Lindell is facing a $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit over his promotion of the big lie, as well as the FBI seizure of his cell phone. Lindell says the reason he can win is because Republicans are so divided, and as he points out, he has a lot of supporters. Does he though? I'm not too sure anymore. In fact, he had a lot of supporters. One of the contributors to the content for his media site died, allegedly, of COVID. Oh. I can't remember if it's Diamond or Silk. It was one of them though. And that show was one of the only things that was constantly running on Frank's speech outside of Mike Lindell's own content. Oh, because they got, like, disowned by Fox. They went to Frank's speech? They were on their... They, they were a Frank's speech exclusive? Either that or he was just pulling, like, their RSS feed. But uh, it seemed as though... Is the one who died the one who talked or the one who just went, like, hell yeah! I That's honestly right. have no idea. It was a weird thing. Like, one of them did all the, the talking. The other one was like, mm-mm. The... That's right. I don't want to say funniest thing because I... It's not, people dying isn't funny, but the response from Donald Trump about it, her heart was so it was big, it was too big. Her heart was so big, it just gave out. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so that article, it talks about the lawsuit that he's facing from Dominion, and it points out their claims that his attacks on the security of voting machines has actually boosted his sales, which he denies. Quote, now let me tell you the facts about my pillow. When I tried to get this out to the people, my pillow lost a hundred million dollars in retailers. We are not up 30 to 40%. We are down. We are down. I had to borrow money, Lindell told WCCO. <laughs> you fucking loser. I need this job at the RNC. I got bill collectors on the line. And like he how he had to have known that he was torpedoing his own business. Like you used to be able to buy a my pillow at Costco in Los Angeles. Like, yeah. it was just a pillow, one and of many pillows. Not only were you able to buy it, you would see a photo of him attached to the yeah. box, hugging it. It's just, so, it's so weird. He's like, I have completely attached my image to the brand, the brand that yeah. I own, and now I'm going to attach my image to extreme, like, election denial. That's the problem. And the, Kanye West and the Yeezy brand, Ben Shapiro and yeah. Daily Wire. It's like, when you're the face of that company... Your actions, good or bad, are going to define the public's, uh, the way they view it. Listen, Mr. Lindell, I'm sure the pillow is very comfortable, but, like, when people shop in our pillow department, we don't like uh, having packaging that reminds them of the, uh, you know, very spirited debate over the results of the 2020 election. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Um, unfortunately, the pillows have gotten a little less comfortable recently as they've been filled with uh, shredded documents instead of the previous material. That's right. Whatever that was. It's, you know, sometimes you need a stiffer pillow. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyways, he has the potential to turn that $100 million loss into a $1.3 billion loss if the lawsuit doesn't go his way, which is exciting, but not as exciting as hearing the words, Mike Lindell, chair of the RNC. I love it. I love they. Yeah, I'd be so owned. I'd be so owned. If, you, if this happened, I would be crying liberal tears. Yeah. You, could, you could put them in, in Stephen Crowder's Mug Club mug yeah. and drink them up. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would not be surprised I if Mike Lindell so was on the phone with the Daily Wire being like, I'll do it for $5 million. I'll do it for anything. Heard you guys were uh, passing some money around over here. Uh, gotta... Free pillows for the whole crew. How about it? How about it? Yeah. They'll never sleep better. But have no fear, though. Yet another member 
of our rogues gallery has also found some lucrative work, despite being a total liability while also under investigation for an absolutely massive amount of embezzlement and fraud. Heather Morgan, aka Razzlecon, aka the Crocodile of Wall Street, who, well, if you're not up to speed, um, just show the clip. Razzlecon, the Versace better win. Come real far, but don't know where I'm heading. Motherfucking Crocodile of Wall Street. Silver on my fingers and boots on my feet. Always be a goat, not a goddamn sheep. Email me, fuck your message at the beep. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, not only the world's um, greatest rapper, she's also half of the brain trust behind what appears to be the largest crypto heist in history, allegedly laundering over $4 billion worth of cryptocurrencies. Despite facing an ongoing FBI investigation and numerous charges, Razzlecon has adopted the, the grind set, that, <laughs> that millennial grind set, and she's already hard at work on a new company and is now free to leave the house in order to head into an office Oh, here's Bloomberg. Morgan, who dubbed herself on social media and in music videos as the Crocodile of Wall Street, was hired by an unspecified technology company, even though she's under 24-hour house arrest, according to a court filing. She and her husband are accused of trying to launder $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin stolen from the Bitfinex currency exchange. A federal magistrate judge on Tuesday granted Morgan's request to modify the terms of her home confinement so she can work three days a week from the employer's New York office, 10 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. The government didn't object to the proposed modification. Morgan, who has denied wrongdoing, was offered a job, quote, in the role of growth marketing and business development specialist, her lawyer Eugene Gorokov said in a court filing. He asked the court to keep the name of the employer secret to protect Morgan's safety, though prosecutors are aware of the identity. And of course, fingers crossed that this tech company is the Daily Wire, but it's probably the most obvious answer, which is just another crypto company. Yeah, that's the only the only way that makes sense is if it's another crypto company. Nope, I put the Morgan in JP Morgan. Like, I don't, I don't know how you see this person just sort of laid bare for all to see and be like, that's who we need on our team. Obviously, she wouldn't do it again. That would yeah. be stupid. That'd be ridiculous. You'd have to be insane. Yeah. Anyway, while things are apparently so good in some sectors of the tech industry that companies are willing to hire someone, anyone, who is currently under investigation for a massive money laundering operation, elsewhere, it's not so good, for the workers at least, because it was announced this week that Microsoft would be laying off 10,000 people, which is apparently the largest layoff they've done in nearly a decade. And yeah, these layoffs are reported to have hit their gaming divisions as well, with reports that 343 Industries was hit extra hard, causing... One former employee to lash out at his former employer, tweeting, The layoffs at 343 shouldn't have happened, and Halo Infinite should be in a better state. The reason for both of those things is incompetent leadership up top during Halo Infinite development, causing massive stress on those working hard to make Halo the best it can be. And it was also reported that layoffs hit the teams involved with the Gears of War franchise, as well as the upcoming game Starfield. God that's, damn it. That's why they're like, we can only do 30 FPS on Starfield. Uh, we looked at it, the whole team that was working to make it 60 and up. That's twice as many frames. Yeah, twice as, twice as much money, as far as I'm concerned. Twice as many frames, that's twice the workforce, if I understand it. It's, it's going to be a... Uh, is it, not looking forward to playing this game... Uh, at all if it's 30 frames per second. It's, yeah, that's we've evolved past that. That's ridiculous. Uh, don't worry, though. It's not all bad news. Because just hours before laying off 10,000 employees, the executives at Microsoft were treated to a private performance from musical artist Sting. To play us out, here is uh, a new track from Sting. What is, yeah. I don't like, what does this mean? Play us out.
There's no words on it. Uh, yeah, uh, life imitates art. Art being Bill O'Reilly freaking out about Sting. But no, uh, uh, while uh, in Davos for the World Economic Forum, uh, apparently uh, focused on sustainability, uh, Microsoft executives were treated to this wonderful performance by Sting uh, while looking out at what I imagine is a beautiful landscape of the Swiss Alps. Uh, yeah, lovely. Uh, here's the Wall Street Journal. On Tuesday evening, Microsoft hosted an event. It was an intimate gathering of 50 or so people, including the company's top executives, who got to while away the evening listening to a performance by the musical artist Sting, said people familiar with the event. The concert would end up sounding a sour note to some employees at Microsoft the next morning. On Wednesday, while much of the company's leadership team was halfway around the world from its Redmond, Washington headquarters, it announced plans to lay off 10,000 people. As the Microsoft layoffs came down, some employees described it all as a bad look. While hobnobbing at Davos is part of doing business for major tech corporations and the events are planned far in advance, making it difficult to change them, some employees thought it wasn't the right time for a company-sponsored Sting concert. The theme of the event was sustainability. Another cool thing about Davos is like, you know, it's all these companies and billionaires who've been like, we need people back in the office. We need everyone, get, work from home is terrible. Everyone get back to the office. Um, and Davos, uh, ha to, to get into Davos, these people had to like go through the most like rigorous fucking like COVID testing yeah. and uh, isolation like regimen that I've ever seen. So uh, obviously they're terrified of COVID, but for you, the worker, back to um, work. Get back to your desk. Because these uh, predetermined business rentals uh, that we have committed to over decades in order to get the price locked in, well, we got to have a use for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, now it's time for us to pay the bills. Got to get Sting on the yeah. phone. He's going to come perform right these, here. These Sting concerts don't pay for in themselves. This, in this 10 foot by 10 foot studio. Um, but yeah, it's also time for you to eat. Today's sponsor is Factor. Delicious meals without all that pesky prep. Just heat it and eat it. Mm -hmm. This new year, you've got goals and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of every them. Every single one. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning too. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Last night, within two minutes, I heated up a delicious uh, Mexican bowl. And uh, it was great. The, it has amazing rice on the side, corn on the side, and uh, you just throw a little hot sauce on that. I've had some damn good factors this week. Mm -hmm. So no matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. That's a lot quicker than delivery. Yeah, and because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, you know that your Factor meal has all of the ingredients that you want and nothing you don't. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head to factormeals.com slash newsdump60 and use code newsdump60 to get 60% off your first box. That is code newsdump60 at factormeals.com slash newsdump60 to get 60% off your first box. I'm so happy they finally got a, 
a URL that, that makes sense that rolls off the tongue. And also, you, you can always click it down in the yeah. description. But factormeals.com. Yeah. Back to the news now with another throwback, because apparently Carol Baskin's husband is that bitch is alive and well down in Costa Rica, just living it up. He's just very shy, and this is all. Allegedly. But this obviously isn't the first time that someone has alluded to the fact that Carol Baskin's former husband just ditched her and escaped to Central America. It's literally part of the narrative in the first season of Tiger well, King. Well, we don't know if that's what happened, but he's certainly not in America anymore. He might be unalive somewhere. Uh, who's to say? We don't know. But now she's alluding to this actually being true and having some kind of evidence, I guess, to back it up. Though investigators and the Department of Homeland Security seem as though they don't believe her. Even though she's quoting them. Yeah. They're claiming to quote them. Uh, of course, if someone were accused of murdering their husband decades ago, the perfect cover would be to say that they are definitely alive, just really far away. Yeah. Here's Entertainment Tonight with more. Tiger King star Carol Baskin is holding firm to the claim that her ex-husband, Don Lewis, who has long been assumed to be dead, is alive. In a clip from a 2021 interview, the animal rights activist claims that Lewis is alive and living life in Costa Rica. Baskin alleges that a letter from the Department of Homeland Security was produced and a special agent spoke with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office in 2002, claiming to know where Lewis is. They said, my husband, Don Lewis, is alive and well in Costa Rica. And yet all of this hay has been made about me having something to do with his disappearance when Homeland Security has known where he is at least since back then, the 61-year-old told the British ITV show this morning at the time. Uh, for their part, the local sheriff's department said, quote, we have not received any communication from our federal partners that confirms the location of missing person, Mr. Don Lewis. But, you know, that would just make them look bad for not, you know, taking a quick trip down to Costa Rica and picking him up where he's definitely alive and having the time of his life. May I see him? No, he goes to a different school. Now, while this drama is dumb and completely pointless, there's also a silver lining that we missed which spawned from the wild popularity of the Tiger King series. It is now illegal to be a Tiger King here in the United States after President Biden moved all those classified documents off of his desk and signed the Big Cat Public Safety Act just a few short weeks ago during the holidays. Uh, here's more on this actually important story from the New York Times. President Biden signed a bill into law that seeks to halt the exploitation of big cats by preventing unlicensed people from owning, breeding, and transporting these animals. The law also bans licensed exhibitors, mainly zoos and sanctuaries, from allowing the public to touch the animals or hold cubs. Animal rights advocates celebrated the legislation, which they described as long overdue. Sarah Amundsen, president of the Humane Society Legislative Fund, said that the law ended, quote, a warped industry with no socially redeeming purpose, perpetuating great harm to animals while putting Americans at risk every day of the year. Ms. Amundsen added that the bill would put a stop to what she called, quote, an endless cycle of exploiting and mistreating big cat cubs who were dumped after they grew too large for photo ops. And an industry that uh, clearly uh, populated by just the weirdest, most terrible people. Uh, I think you, you mean imagine. eccentric, Elliot. <laughs> well, there was, uh, so I mean, well, who was the other guy in Tiger King? The the one who was trying to rebuild the zoo after and be like, I'm going to do no, things right. It was like a guy, I think he was like up in Georgia or something. Good. He, he was running this sort of like big cat rescue slash like weird hippie like sex cult sort of thing oh yeah 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 that guy seemed almost potentially worse than like joe exotic i'm like that guy seems very untrustworthy. i started watching the season two 
of it, and I quickly lost interest. What more is there to say? It's just like He's it, in it was jail. basically one of those like. Where are they now? Uh, yeah, where are they now? And it's been like a year. Yeah. And also, it's it, it was COVID, so none of them are doing anything. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. They're, I think they were all just really upset that they got super famous during a time when no one was outside. Yeah. Never even signed any autographs. Everyone just forgot about me. And now I can't even put a cub in their hands. Carol Baskin is on Cameo, so. Oh, no, Carol Baskin's fine. Yeah. Anyway, in another update to a uh, horrific story, yeah. it appears as though Alec Baldwin and the on-set armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, have both been charged with involuntary manslaughter for the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins during the production of the film Rust. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Here's CBS with more on the charges. After a thorough review of the evidence and the laws of the state of New Mexico, I have determined that there is sufficient evidence to file criminal charges against Alec Baldwin and other members of the Rust film crew. District Attorney Mary Carmack Altweiss said in a statement released Thursday morning, on my watch, no one is above the law, and everyone deserves justice. Baldwin and Gutierrez-Reed are each being charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter, a fourth-degree felony punishable by up to a year and a half in jail and a $5,000 fine. The charges also include a provision that could result in a mandatory five years in prison because the offense was committed with a gun. Ugh, this was the, one of the most annoying, like, online debates. This is, what, two years ago? But it's like... He, as the holder of the gun in the movie where he plays the guy holding a gun, has sole responsibility to make sure that all the rounds in his gun that's, are like blanks. It's like, no, that's fucking job. stupid. You have yeah. a baby brain. Like, if that's how movie sets works, it would be way more chaotic than it is now. The whole reason you have one person on set whose sole responsibility is these guns is so that no one else has to worry about it and fuck around with these guns. So I yeah. don't know. It's uh, But I, for a lot of people who have no knowledge of how movie making works they think movies just appear uh in front of them magically i mean the uh, charge i think it uh, sort of makes i mean it, it was involuntary manslaughter it was i guess like i understand to an extent but it's like i don't think is, that he's going to face any uh severe punishment if he's found if he's even found guilty of it but uh yeah, I don't know. Definitely the armorer whose entire responsibility it is. Like, but like if you can if you can say that what Alec Baldwin did by firing a prop gun on a movie set where he's supposed to be firing a prop gun is like dangerous, negligent behavior that could result in manslaughter, like that's literally happens on like hundreds of movies a year. Yeah, I don't know. So change the laws around guns on sets, I might get more behind this, but it's just like We've evolved past the need for real guns shooting I mean, blood. I think in a lot of ways, I don't know. I, I'm of two minds of this. Blood squibs, what they replace those with, stupid. They look terrible. <laughs> Clearly fake. Any kid with fucking Adobe Premiere can do that shit. The, the muzzle flash, there's ways to do that with actual lights that look pretty realistic. But uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like all that, all that worth it these days now that uh, a woman is dead. Yeah, I mean, also just like pretty much once a, at least like once a decade, uh, something horrific uh, happens on set and ends up with uh, death. So yeah, yeah, hard to say. Uh, but uh, before we uh, let you go today, let's switch gears. Let's check in on something that we kind of forgot about recently because there's no reason to really pay attention outside of just watching Mark Zuckerberg's money pit continue to grow. And that's, of course, the metaverse. Oh, I mean, baby. We spoke earlier about uh, how companies really want people back in the office. Um, but they're willing to make some concessions if you get back in the metaverse. 
So, um, the metaverse, it's already sort of here, but you know, no one really cares. In fact, a lot of people absolutely despise the metaverse. And you know, one of the big advantages that uh, is being pitched alongside the adoption of these metaverses is doing away with the traditional office. See, we're giving you what you want. A task that can be easily done without building a virtual office, but who knows, I guess they know better than everyone else. Instead of staying at home, we're gonna build a virtual office that you can just plug into and then you can work from home technically. But yeah, it's something that uh, developers are really hoping to implement. It turns out, according to people who have been forced to do it, working inside the metaverse is miserable. Uh, a recent article in Futurism shines a light on the early adopters uh, and the people who are technically uh, would benefit from this being adopted, the people who are actually working on it, having to work in it and still not enjoying it. Uh, so let's see how things are going. The feeling of presence that you get from VR even today, Zuckerberg declared during his Connect 2022 keynote speech, can already be better than what you get in video chat. In theory, it's not a ridiculous pitch, but alas, according to the people actually already working or attempting to work in the Meta's Horizon World's mostly unrealized metaverse, the Zuckerverse doesn't exactly offer that feeling of presence quite yet. I am totally immersed in the metaverse, have a big headset on, and then I need to take off my Oculus, look on my phone for the two-factor authentication code that's been sent to my phone, then memorize the number, put my headset back on, and try to key it in. An employee at the tech consulting firm Accenture, a major meta funder that's attempting to implement Oculus into the workspace, griped to slate. But when you take off the Oculus, it automatically goes to sleep mode, and I was trying to navigate the back and forth. Yeah, this fucking sucked. This would be maddening. Literally doing- You gotta just like peek. Yeah, just... doing anything. Like, yeah, yeah, very annoying. Quote, between forgetting to charge headsets, operating system updates, new app installation and updates, logging into accounts, screen sharing between desktop and headset, there's just a lot that can go wrong. Workers also told Slate that there are some glaring accessibility issues, particularly for those with disabilities like motion sickness. <laughs> and once someone actually gets into their digital workspace, the problems don't end. Even just figuring out basic social cues and conventions is apparently pretty difficult. And most of Slate's sources seem to agree that any merits of current VR work fail to outweigh the many reported downsides. Who's been saying this for like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years? Oh yeah, yeah fucking we did. Yes. Right again. Sounds terrible. And these are people working yeah, this... on the metaverse and they have a financial stake in its success and they're like, actually it's trash. Yeah, that's always a great sign when the people, even the people making the supposedly revolutionary product yeah. uh, hate it. I, it's I, great. A good example is, I, I know he wasn't involved in the development of it, but it was like the first big introduction to where a company was like, all right, let's use tablets. Bill Belichick, where he's <laughs> forced by the NFL to use the tablet because yeah. Microsoft did like an outrageous sponsorship. Yeah. He's just breaking them every week. Yeah. Give me my goddamn pen and paper. Yeah. You're solving the a problem that doesn't exist. Exactly. Things were going just fine back when Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick had a yellow legal pad that he could scrawl his plays on instead this, of having to use a fucking computer. Uh, conspiracy brain for a second. This is actually a psyop to get people to beg for real life office work again. No, please, anything but the metaverse. Yeah, I guess. I, guess. I will. I will drive ninety minutes each way to avoid putting on a fucking headset. Interesting. Yes. Could be. Uh, anyways, that's it for this week's episode of News Dump. If you haven't already, please check out our most recent episodes right over here. We have an episode of Tech News Day for you. We got an episode of Weekly Weird News for you. And of course, we'll be back with even more weird news coming soon. Don't forget to subscribe 
and hit the other day we got 10,000 likes. Can you believe it? Let's let's get 11,000 likes this Let's time. get 50 million likes for each dollar that yeah, Steven Crowder's worth. That's right. Thank you. Videos are over there. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.